That's right, you're back in Red's line. And what did we witness tonight? Well, it was like a tale of two cities, or a tale of David Bell. David Bell! Whoa, did you guys watch Sonny Gray pitch his heart out? Six innings, 105 pitches. Struck out seven, just an amazing performance, one earned run. You couldn't ask for more. The guy's win-loss record should have so many more wins. Let me give you his line. Six innings, four hits, one run, one earned, two walks, seven Ks over 105 innings. A perfect Start And I don't mean a perfect game. You dunces over in the corner with your dunce hat and your dunce shoes and your dunce shoelaces and your dunce socks that don't come over the dunce shoes because they're the really low, low cut dunce ones. So anyway, yeah, we got Sonny Gray's five and six with a 3.29 ERA, 127 strikeouts over 109 in a third innings. His whip is 1.13. Deserves so much better than this. They they turn it over to uh, Lorenzen in the in the seventh, which I didn't think it was a bad idea. He's walking everybody. Gets out of there without allowing any runs. Garrett ends up allowing uh, getting out of there fine, and then Garrett somehow walks. You know, the next guy. And then Iglesias, they bring Iglesias in there. And I've covered this many times. Iglesias does not like pitching except the ninth inning. And uh, Cincinnati Reds, you have done this to yourselves. You know, when... The only right decision Walt Jockety ever made was wanting Aroldis Chapman to remain a starter when Ryan Madsen went down and Dusty Baker wanted him to be the closer. The biggest mistake since probably the Frank Robinson trade was when they didn't make Aroldis Chapman stay as a starter. He was their best starter for two years in a row in spring training the guy was stretched out, probably would have been, you know, a 20-game winner. You know, who knows? But you guys then had Chapman be a closer, unstretched him out. Then you couldn't get him out of the closer's role. You guys have this Ferrari, Lamborghini, Randy Johnson, and then you let him be a closer. Oh, my Lord. What are you guys doing? I mean, it's the worst. I just want to. I just got to get back on Iglesias. So here's my point. So ever since then, Chapman and then you got Iglesias coming in. They've dictated what they're going to do. So then Iglesias only wants to be a closer. And mind you. He was a great starter up until 
Brian Price chose Jason Marquise over Russell Iglesias and Michael Lorenzen. Both guys had an ERA under three in the two sevens. 277 for Lorenzen, 271 for Iglesias. I think they sent Lorenzen down maybe or put him in the bullpen. And I know they put Iglesias in the bullpen. These guys have no idea how to develop pitching. Their only starter they've even developed is Molly. Molly! Molly! You know what I'm saying. The proof is in the pudding. The elephant has been in the fridge because we can see the elephant prints in the butter. This team cannot develop any players. So anyway, tonight, uh, Russell Iglesias gives up a grand slam, and we're all we're up four to one. You can't write it any better. The Brewers go up five to four. The only thing about this game that makes anything weirder is that the Saladino, he had just hit like. His first home run of the year last night, which happened to be a grand slam last night, and he comes in, and it's a grand slam off of Iglesias. You can't even make it up. The only thing that makes it, like, suck a little bit less is that he hit a grand slam yesterday. Again, second home run of the year. We're not talking Babe Ruth or Barry Bonds. We're not even talking, like, Tuffy Rhodes leadoff Chicago Cubs. You know, we're not talking that kind of stuff. We're talking a guy who's had two home runs all year. Last night's his first. Tonight's his second. That's the only thing that made this less suck, you know, in the less suck meter. But uh, honestly, this game was, I mean, you couldn't write up a better, really, uh, box score for this game until the seventh and eighth inning. Okay, so the entire game, Nick Senzel's two for four with a run. Votto, two for five with a run and an RBI. Suarez, at that point, was two for four with a two-run shot. He hadn't hit the game-saver second two-run home run of the night. Uh, Puig, one for three. And they double-switched out Puig. This is how crazy David Bell is. Like, you don't switch out a guy that can hit a home run. I understand. I totally understand what you're thinking. You think you got the game one hand, but you didn't. So, David Bell, please stop double switching. You can double switch like in the eighth and ninth. Well, I, I guess technically you might have double switched. I think, this, I think you double switched in the seventh, though. Oh, and then... To show you how incompetent this coaching staff is, when that Grand Slam went off, I want you all to put down your sodas or your pops, depending on what part of the country you're in. Put down your beer, put down your whiskey, put down whatever you're smoking. Well, if you continue to smoke whatever you're smoking, you may laugh. A lot. So be warned. When Rossell Iglesias give up the grand slam to go from up four to one to down five to four, would you like to know who David Bell had for your outfield? Well, let me explain something to you, cucumbers.
He had in left field a second baseman. He had in center field a third baseman slash shortstop with a rocket arm that's getting wasted in center field. And in right field, he had a pitcher. That's right. In the eighth inning of this game, he had a second baseman in left field, a left side infielder in center field, and a pitcher in right. He had Josh Van Meter in left, Nick Senzel in center, and Michael Lorenzen in right. The cuteness level of David Bell is off the charts here. And when I say cuteness, I don't mean like pink rainbows and little baby blue, uh, you know, uh, hair hair things for pigtails or ponytails. I'm talking like the cuteness level of stupidity. So you have Van Meter in left, Senzel in center, and Lorenzen in right. And if you guys don't understand that Nick Senzel is worth more as a left-side infielder with that bat, that power, that extra base hits, the idea that he can steal 30, 40 bags. If you don't understand that he's worth so much more as a left-side infielder, and you don't understand that Jose Iglesias should not even be on this team even though you guys are like, well, you know, he's like seventh in the league in uh, runners in scoring position. Okay, tallest midget stat. How many times has he ran into a double play? How many times has he grounded out weekly to second, third, short? How many times does he have to ground out and just cause an out for you guys to get off that silly stat that is like low calorie count? as far as numbers. So anyway, back to this show that David Bell calls a management experiment because he's got Freddie Benavides as a bench coach. You can't even tell him who's rested at the bullpen. I just... Anyways, so Rosella Glaciers gives up a grand slam. Then... We're all going crazy in resonation number 4192. People are calling for David Bell's head. All of a sudden, Senzel's on. And then we see Suarez smack the second pitch. Okay, his fourth at bat, he hit the first pitch out for a two-run home run. His fifth at bat, he hit the second pitch out for a two-run home run. And then so we're all like, okay, David Bell's getting fired. He is fought. And he is scratched. And he has just bludgeoned a win or a loss out of the jaws of victory. And we're like, okay, he's over. They're going to fire him. It's amazing. And guess what happened? Guess what? Suarez hits a two-run home run to go up 5-4. to four. But then David Bell tries to lose it again. He's got Wandy Peralta coming back out. Gets two outs. Right-handed batter comes in. So the computer over there by the uh, clubhouse door, it says, David Bell, David Bell, David Bell, right-handed bat, right-handed bat, must use right-handed reliever. He brings in Jared Hughes, which I don't have a serious problem with. But Wandy Peralta's dealing out there. And I'm no Wandy Peralta fan. But then Hughes comes in, walks the first batter, and then, you know, next thing gets an out. 
uh, to, I think, the left fielder, uh, Josh Van Meter, unless they put, you know, uh, whatever reliever in left field. I don't know. All I can tell you is, is that Suarez, David Bell, David Bell, you better be kissing Suarez's tanned buttocks tonight, buddy, because I believe he saved your job. And I don't know how the baseball god. I think the baseball gods are just having so much fun because there's so much craziness going on in the Reds organization. It's insane. You got a general manager or a president of baseball operations who's the son of a minority owner. You got the manager, the son of a like an assistant or an advisor to Walt Jockety. I mean, the baseball gods are up there. You guys ever seen, uh, what was it, Clash of the Titans, where the gods are up in, uh, you know, wherever, and they have all these little plastic figures, and, you know, the warriors, and the and, and then the devil guy, the guy that turns into the devil or whatever, or, you know, whatever he is, some kind of beast, man beast. Anyways, that's literally the baseball gods looking down at this, like, playground that is Great American Ballpark in the front office going, well, uh, you almost had David Bell fired, but sorry, here's a two-run home run again for Suarez. We want David Bell to give us more entertainment the rest of the year, which I will guarantee you probably David Bell wasn't getting fired no matter what. His dad's up there. They've backed themselves into a corner where they almost can't fire their president of baseball operations uh, Dick Williams, and they've almost backed them into a corner where David Bell cannot be fired for probably two more years. Like, David Bell can probably get canned in 2021. Like, you guys don't understand, Reds Nation, how bad of an, how bad, how badly run this organization is. They are like, in like Flint with these like people at high positions. It's not like, unless they get rid of Buddy Bell, because if they fire, here's the thing. If they fire David Bell, Buddy Bell's going to resign. And I think Buddy Bell's a heck of a talent evaluator. He was over with the White Sox and they were, you know, plucking out some good players. I'm just telling you, uh, they've backed themselves into a corner here of nepotism and cronyism, and I don't think they can get out. You know, it's 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 crazy. So let's get to the three good things. Okay, so the three good things. Number one, you got to give it to Sonny Gray. I'll give you his line one more time: six innings, four hits, one run, two walks, seven Ks. Lowered his ERA down to 3.29, and he's 5-6. and six. Whoa. Okay, let's. who gets number two? It's got to be Suarez. Actually, I'm going to give it to Nick Senzel. Two for four with a walk, on base three times. Without Nick Senzel, they don't win this game, period. And I'm not talking about center fielder Nick Senzel. I'm talking about the grittiness, the Pete Rose-ness, the uh, just... Hustle, the gamer that is Nick Senzel. Um, you know, grip it and rip it, Nick Senzel. The guy who's not in analytics, he just sees the ball, hits the ball. Just a gamer. 
Nick Senzel is number two on the good things list. And number three on the good things list, I'm just going to give it to Suarez, who saved David Bell from looking like a complete abject moron again. Uh, two for five, two runs, four RBIs. Uh, he's up to uh, 64 RBIs. He's up to 26 home runs. He's going to uh, injury uh, injury aside, he's going to have his second 30 home run season. I hope he gets to 100 RBIs. He's got plenty of time to get there. He needs 36 more. We got all of August, all of September, a third of July basically left. He should get there and get his second 100 RBI season. Um, now let's go to the bad things list. Hey, you know what? I'm just giving it to David Bell, David Bell, David Bell. Good morning, good afternoon, good night, David Bell. You got your butt saved by Suarez, but not really because I already covered the cronyism, nepotism. You had nothing to worry about. You're safe till 2021, so you can just do whatever you want. You can come to work in a skirt tomorrow and, uh, you know, door explorer uh, shoes with the, not, not with laces, but you know, the little uh, Velcro straps. You can just come to work tomorrow in a skirt and door explorer Velcro, uh, uh, Velcro shoes, and you're not going to get fired. So you don't got to worry about nothing. So anyway, that's the uh, good things and the bad things list. So where do we go from here? Well, they're not going very far. They're going to be in Milwaukee tomorrow night. And guess what? It's my old buddy Tanner Rourke going up against, I think this is Kyle Davies. It might be Zach Davies, but you never know. I don't know who it is. Let me look. I just can't remember everything. You know, I don't have a subscription to Baseball America like Dougie Baseball. The guy is so scared to face me at a podcast. Zach Davies. Zach Davies, 8-2, ERA, 1.32 whip. He doesn't strike out anybody. That's good for the Reds. 68 Ks and 109 and two-thirds innings. Um, having a pretty good year. Uh, his last seven games has been his worst. He's got a 360 stretch ERA, but that's still pretty good. So uh, let's hope Tanner Roark, he's 5-6, and six, a 397 ERA. Let's hope that he can limit these uh, Brewers because he has got to have his, uh, literally, uh, his uh, trade value has got to be there, and they got to trade him. Disco last night, 6 and a third, I think. 11Ks, they got to trade him. His value will never be higher. And the reason before you guys all go crazy on me, I'm like, Jared, 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 you you can't trade Disco. He's number one. He's got a cool nickname. Number one, he's got a cool nickname, Jared. Number two, he's under control for a couple more years. Okay, okay, dude in your basement with your pop tarts and your mom's underwear, you gotta calm down. Okay, calm down. Anthony Disclafani is often injured. And this is a seller's market. That means you can get more right now for Disco than you are ever going to get. Because he is under control. He does have some more cheap years. Right now, the experts are saying that Stroman Miner, who might not even get traded, but they think he's going to get traded because the his ERA is like 286. And, I, and one other pitcher is going to get like traded. 
Um, they don't think Bauer is going to get traded, but I think I think the Reds are going to trade for Bauer personally when they let India go for him. But that's besides the point. So what the experts are saying is that it's basically Stroman and Miner and uh, and Boyd, and those are the three guys they think are going to get traded. They think Baumgartner's staying because it's uh, it's uh, Bruce Bochy's last year, and why are they going to trade him unless they get just annihilated with an offer? Plus, he's got the guys won three World Series for the current Giant, Giants ownership. They're probably going to extend him, give him a two-year or four-year extension anyway. So Baumgartner might not get traded. So you've got Stroman, Boyd, and Miner. You have got to put Roark and Disco out there for the betterment of the franchise. Matt Harvey got released. They need to bring Matt Harvey back, slide him into the four or five hole, let Derek Johnson fix him. He won't have a seven ERA for the Reds. He'll probably have a 450 ERA for the Reds. But if he can go out there and give you six innings and a 450 ERA, you got to bring Matt Harvey back. I think being around Sonny Gray and Luis Castillo and Derek Johnson will help Matt Harvey out. And I think Matt Harvey will help out Luis Castillo and Male and all those things again. I believe it. Okay. The other thing is you got to move Roark and Disco for pe- people, that are pitchers, prospects, hitters that can come up and fill holes. So what you got to use those guys is to get a center fielder, another starter, maybe a reliever, maybe even a second baseman, maybe even a shortstop, even though I think Nick Sendler should go back there. That's not the point. You need a center fielder, a starter, and probably a reliever. So if, and you know, Oakland is looking at Roark really hard. The Reds have an opportunity to get AJ Puck, who's just coming off Tommy John. He'll be ready to roll in September at the major league level. I believe the Reds need to package Tanner Roark. And I don't know if I'd package Disco anymore. My whole deal was packaging both those guys. But I think, I still think you might have to do it to get to get A.J. Puck. But I believe if you could package Roark and Disco to the Oakland Athletics, who need some starters, because they go for it every time. I believe you can get A.J. Puck back, left-handed pitcher, goes right into your rotation in September, becomes a fixture from 2020 on. You get Austin Beck. I think that it was their 2017 or 18 first rounder. He's a center fielder. Will be a 2020, 2040, 2030 guy, which means he'll hit 20 home runs a year. He'll still 20, 30, 40 bases a year, and he'll play good center field defense. And I believe you can get Grant Holmes in that deal. Grant Holmes came from the Dodgers with Frankie Montas. Well, now how'd that work out? I can't remember who they traded. Who cares? The point is, I think it might have been Reddick, but I'm not sure. I think it was Reddick. I think Reddick went from Oakland to L.A., and then Reddick went from L.A. to Houston. That's how it worked out. So Grant Holmes, is he going to be a really good starter, or is he going to be a lights-out reliever? And then I believe that you can get Sky Bolt, who can play center, can play right. He's 25 years old. He is a kind of a Drew Stubbs kind of guy, but he's going to hit better than that, get on base better. I believe you package those two starters, you get that haul, A.J. Puck will be an all-star, uh, maybe even a Cy Young candidate. But the point is, you can't be trading all these guys for three and four sucky prospects. you got to scrap the quantity versus quality 
uh, memo that the Reds front office sends out for all their trades, and you got to go for broke. So anyway, that's how you fix this team. You bring in Harvey, you bring in Puck, you got Harvey and you got Sims going four and five until Puck comes up in September. You move Sims to the bullpen. I think Sims replaces Hernandez next year. The guy's filthy. He can go out there pumping 97, and you ain't got to worry about him. And if you get in a bind where Sonny Gray in 2020 only goes five and a third, you can bring Sims in there, and he can give you two and a third innings, two and two-thirds, an inning and two-thirds, and get through it. That's the plan. That's what they need to do. Also, well, I'm not going to go into my other trade. If it happens, I'll bring some witnesses that know that I talked about this other trade to get a catcher and a starter and a prospect, and I'll bring that up later. I've already talked about it a couple nights ago in the last game recap I did. But anyways, let's get back to this game. The Reds win it 5-4. to four. It's a miracle. David Bell, who's not, who's not even probably worried about losing his job, he shouldn't be because of nepotism and cronyism. Um, he looks like a abject moron, but then Suarez saves him five to four. That's all I got to tell you about this game. Hey, the trade deadline is coming up hot and heavy. And today is the 22nd. A lot of trades are going to go down. I want you guys to mark my words. If Disco is not traded before his next start, if they don't get that Oakland deal done, they are insane. Uh, I'm just telling you right now, it's a seller's market. They got to get both those guys gone. Now, if they can get Tanner Roark or AJ Puck straight up for Tanner Roark, just do that. Scrap my other three prospects. But I believe you got to do that trade because it fills multiple holes. It fills a fourth outfielder, a center fielder, a reliever, and a starter for trading Roark and Disco. Anyways, I hate to keep repeating myself, but like I said, this is going to be an exciting week. The Reds have got to move Disco. If they don't move him in my Oakland proposal, they have at least got to move him to Philadelphia or the Yankees or whoever will give them. Or, you know, the Rays, if the Rays will give up something good. They got to give, they got to be thinking ahead. They're, they can still compete if they trade Disco and Rourke. I don't care what you say. Sims and Harvey, Sims and Puck could 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 make up the difference in the four and five hole. They got Gray, they got uh, Castillo, and they got Molly, who are a real good one, two, three. I don't I don't care what you guys say about Molly. That last start, he was amazing. They just David Bell pours like kerosene on a uh, fire every time he makes a move. He just is not that great of a manager. But I digress. From the Little Apple all the way back to Reds country, we'll see you again, Reds Nation number 4192.